0: Okay, for our next message, it will be brought to us by Mr. Barnabas Grayson. It is entitled, Effectual Fervent Prayer. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you. I think today you're in for a treat. You'll be using your... Handy-dandy Bibles. <laughs> I did not turn in uh, a list to Brian to with uh, the scriptures. Some sort of new program. So uh, anyway, you'll, your fingers will do the walking. Oh, okay. Brian is here. Well See? In for surprises. Thank you. Thank you very much. Effectual fervent prayer. You know, in the Sabbath bulletin each week, we see this uh, verse from... James chapter five sixteen, and it says to us, confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that you may be healed, and that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So I think many of us know this, this kind of, uh, have made this kind of prayer at one time or another, if not now, perhaps even, even uh, in the future. Especially in times of heavy trial, in times of sadness, in times of doubt and worry and fear and pain. We make a fervent prayer. But even though we make this kind of prayer, there is, we sometimes do not receive an answer. And it may make us wonder why. Is it because of a lack of righteousness on our part? Is it because of a lack of just being fervent? Is it because we let our faith waver and we're not supposed to do that? Or maybe we allow doubt and anxiety to creep in. I have been through those things. Today we'll look at all the facets of this effectual fervent prayer, what it means to us. Now, prayer is a word that is synonymous with words like supplication, uh, petition, appeal, request, and we know that prayer is a form of worship. It's a tenet of faith and and a way of honor toward God and and Father and Son in our life. In James uh, (coughs) 1, we read, I'm sorry. uh, Wrong scripture there. Misplaced it. James 5.16. There it is. Again, I'm reading this scripture once more. James 5.16.20. Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another. That you may be healed. And that the effectual. Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now what is an effectual fervent prayer? Effectual is a word that means hard hitting. It means strong and powerful. Among you know, other descriptions that are synonymous with effectual. Fervent means fiery, burning, and impassioned. So that's the kind of prayer the scripture is talking about. So James is saying to confess faults one to another. Pray for one another and to use that effectual fervent prayer. And that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails, will avail much. So there are four things in this verse that can give us food for thought. One of the, them is, as we look at it, it says we confess our faults to each other. This doesn't really mean that we just go around telling everyone the details of our faults and our weaknesses. You know, we, we kind of uh, pick and choose and look at those whom we know and trust and can keep uh, uh, confident, confidence in our admissions. We see the second thing, to pray for each other. So this means that we are to have a mutual concern for each other and help one another to not be discouraged and fall because things just aren't going our way. It's okay, you know, to confess or mention that we have a trial or a problem to someone, but, you know, really no need to lay out All the details but just enough to say I have a trial and I need you to pray for me. If we don't share our needs, our faults, our weaknesses, then how are others to include us in their prayer? So we pray for one another and we may not know that others may be going through a trial but then again sometimes even in a prayer A person's face, their image may come to your mind, or something somebody said that day. You detect some sort of uh, trial or worry that they have, and so we include them in our prayer. The third thing is, for this kind of prayer, is that we may be healed. We may be healed. So this healing is a healing of the soul, and not just the flesh, but also the inner person, and that is, and number four is that it is the strong and powerful prayer of a righteous man that produces results. To know that someone is making intercession for you is, in their personal prayer, can be very encouraging and it can have healing power from God. And the more fervent a prayer and believing, it is the more effective it is. In James chapter 5, up in verse 14, we see that prayer is needed when one is sick. And this word, sick, implies that when one is in a serious state or even close to death, there is a need for that person, for God to put that person in comfort and that the will of God may be uh, done. But we see where the role of elders is to pray for the sick and to anoint with oil, which is, was a common ingredient in, that was used in medicine. This word anoint is from uh, the Greek a word meaning to smear, or uh, whereas the other one is to anoint. This one means to smear and sometimes you've had that done when you've uh, uh, been sick. But these are examples in the Bible of effective prayer. In the case of Abraham, we see where it was total trust in God's will and 100% obedience with the hope to see that what the purpose that God had in mind might be. And then we read about Jacob who wrestled with a figure in the dark until he prevailed and asked for a blessing. Sometimes our prayers are like that. We wrestle until we find a blessing or see a blessing. Like, you know, Gideon had when he wanted to be sure that God heard his prayer, that he asked for these little tokens, these little signs, and they do come. And there was also Hannah. Who prayed for a child. But to know that someone is making intercession for you. In in their prayer. In their personal prayers. It can be very encouraging. And have healing power from God. Healing of one's heart. Knowing that God is on your side. So the more fervent a prayer. And more believing it is. The more effective it is. So when we are turned on to God. God. He most certainly takes notice. In the next verse. We see James. He gave an example. That was familiar to. uh, His fellow brethren. Of the twelve tribes. And he reminded them of Elijah. In James 5.17. He said. Elias was a man. Subject to like passions. As we are. Very same things. That Elias felt. We often feel too. Hurt pain, doubt, all of those emotions that run through our minds at times. But he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three uh, years and six months. And in verse 18, then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. And he says to his brethren, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converts the sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. To err, of course, is human. We've heard that expressed before. But those who err from the truth are described like wandering stars and and. That can be hopelessly lost. But what can cause a person to err from truth? There are many things. And there are needs that only God can provide. Or show us the way. So we have intercessory prayer. For others. And. When we ask of someone. I have this trial. I need you to pray about it for me. It's something that it's good to know. But if anyone has slipped away from God. And no longer trusts the Lord. And someone helps him understand the truth and the goodness of the Lord again. He saved that person. From destroying his own life. And that person who brings him back to God. Will have saved a wandering soul from death. Bringing about the forgiveness of of many sins. So when people give up in prayer they could lose their way if not praying is a habit then it becomes harder and harder to continue that habit sometimes it's like uh, uh, you get in the uh, in the routine or the habit of uh, missing church a lot or reading your Bible a lot or praying a lot it becomes easier to do and we begin to fall short and could even slip up. But we know that there are some who do not believe in prayer. And they say well if there is a God who cares. Why do people suffer? And why do bad things happen? Why is there sickness? Why is there war? Why is there pain? Why is there misery? And heartache? And questions like these. Is why some do not believe in in God and it leads some to say well there is no God. He doesn't exist. He's, he's not real. He's a myth. Life evolved. Which makes you know sen- no sense because. As you know people say about this type of idea that. Nothing ever comes from nothing. So the life forms that we see and. Even those that we cannot see, they show the hand of intelligent design. And there are scientists that don't like that term, intelligent design, because they feel like it is a real insult to to their intelligence. But we see in these things that are around us, that there is an intelligent design and purpose behind it. But those who say there is no God... Neither has the science that they look to ever created life or even disproved God. They say lab experiments show how life may have developed. But these experiments, these lab experiments required a primary mover, a first cause, an intelligence behind it because no lab experiment ever sets itself up by accident. So, in a way, to believe there is no God is merely a way of saying they don't believe in God because if they did, they would have to acknowledge that there is a higher power and that the higher power requires of them to do the right thing in their life. Things that are righteous. So, doesn't it, and doesn't it help when we are encouraged by brethren and to not give up on God and and turn away. To have someone who is praying for you to have someone that you can depend on. And, you know, that doesn't absolve our responsibility to to get down on our knees and ask God for the things that we need. So prayer is a real lifeline to God. It's, you know, it's like the cell phone we all carry. A couple of years ago, I (coughs) remember giving a a sermon on prayer, so some of you may remember that, so if there's uh, some things that kind of remind you of that, that's that's good, that's transition. But we can say a prayer anywhere, anytime, at no cost, but our time and sincerity, and that connection is always with us, and you know, the, the cell phone tells us that if we have a cell phone, we have access. We have access to prayer. Even as we walk, shop, look around, do things of of that sort, we have access to the eternal God, just in a whisper, a soft voice, thanking God or asking God for guidance. Now, how do we get on the wavelength? The Bible says he that comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's as real as you know the air we breathe I've said before and as real as the rain that falls from the clouds that have been created and you know the grass just turns green. But what is the answer? To a prayer. That is unanswered. One it could be due to sin. And disobedience. Proverbs 66.18 tells us about that. So does Proverbs 28.9. And we are all. Sinners. Because the Bible says that there is none righteous. Righteous. much paper up here for me, I brought too much paper up here, okay, I would like to turn, and I don't think I gave this one to Brian, but I do want to go to uh, Psalm 66, 18, so I'll, do, I'll let my fingers do the walking here, Psalm 66, 18. Verse 18, <clears throat> he cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. And he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We have to remember that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, gave his life for us. and Toward the veil that we are able to appear before the Father. And that he has given us a way to connect with the eternal God. So there is uh, things in us that if we keep bringing up our iniquities. Knowing that in the past God has given us forgiveness. And has redeemed us. There's also things like doubt and selfishness that can... Uh, cause an unanswered prayer and it's not until we realize that you know we begin to explore why is why is God not answering our prayer these things will crop up if, if you come across the Bible verses and things sometimes those things come to your mind and so you say well it's because I've been doubting or it's because I'm being selfish in my prayer it could also be hindered because we might have pride and, and in humanity. But it says that the effectual fervent prayer. Of a righteous man avails much. But we can know this. That the hand of the Lord is not shortened. That it cannot save, Nor his ear heavy. That he cannot hear. But he will hear the prayer of the humble. And the contrite heart. Who turn from their. Their uh, ways. And seek his. Forgiveness, <clears throat> even as King David, who sought the heart, who was after the, uh, God's own heart, who says, I will have mercy. 1 Peter 3.12, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, in 2 Peter 3, 9 it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is not far away. He will draw near when we draw near to him. And we do that through prayer and obedience to his righteousness. Psalm 51:17. The sacrifices of God, are a broken and a contrite heart. O God, Thou wilt not despise. If we read the book of James, chapter four, we will find in verses one through seventeen things that are not pleasing to God. In James four, it asks in verse one, from whence come Wars and fightings among you, come they not hence even of your lusts that, that lust in your members? You lust after it, but you don't have it, but you kill and desire to have it, and cannot obtain it, and you fight and you war. yet still, you have not you, have not got it because you ask not, you're not, you're not asking the right way or for the right thing. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think the scripture says in vain the spirit that dwells in us lusts to envy? But he gives more grace. Wherefore he said. God resists the proud. But gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Those are true words. Thy word is truth. And even after a prayer that you've made. Yet it seems like no answer is coming. That's because. Satan has tried to penetrate. Your spirit. Penetrate your mind. With doubt and. Fusion and other temptations designed to make you not trust in God. But draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. We can do that through prayer. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know, when you're double-minded, you don't know which one to believe. You believe, but then you doubt. Be afflicted and mourn and weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren, he that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law, but if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. But there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you that judge another? Go to now you that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you don't know what shall be on on the morrow, for what is your life? It's even seen, it's even a vapor, That appears for a little time. And then vanishes away. For that you ought to say. If the Lord will. We shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boasting. All such rejoicing. Is evil. Therefore to him that knows to do good. And does it not. To him it is sin. So these things can. Be something that we need to look at. If we feel like our prayer is not. Being answered. For the love of money. In 1 Timothy 6. Verse 10. For the love of money. Is the root of all evil. Which while some coveted after. They have erred from the faith. And pierced themselves. Through with many cr- uh, with many sorrows. But you O oh man. Of God. Flee these things. And follow after righteousness. Follow after godliness. Follow after faith. Follow after love, have patience and, and meekness, and fight, struggle against with uh, fighting the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called, and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give you charge in the sight of God who quickens all things, and Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that you keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his time he will show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only has immortality. Dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to him be honor and power everlasting. So be it. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. They that do good and they that be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to your trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science so-called. Don't fail on these things. Paul is telling young Timothy. On these things that God has entrusted to you. And what he has entrusted to all of us also. And to keep out of foolish arguments. And, and things of that sort. That can hinder an effectual prayer. We read of course that in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the last days. But in Jude chapter Well, in Jude, verse 1, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Christ Jesus and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith once delivered. Because there is always a battle to take that faith away from us. But we have to hold on to it. And in this day and age, sometimes, you know, there are so many things that reach out to us. To take us away from the faith that we have committed to. And to the belief that, uh, that God and Jesus Christ are there for us. For there are certain men, crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner. Giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. Are set forth for an example. Suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Jesus, but dared not bring against him a railing accusation, accusation, but said, Jesus, the Lord rebuke you. These speak evil of things which they know not, but what they no, naturally, as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gang saying of Cori. These are spots in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, Trees whose fruit withers, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them. Of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. And of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So we see in a way the things that are to occur. The things that are going on and have been since the beginning of time. That as in the days of Noah so shall it be in in these last days. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaks great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly uh, lust. These be they who separate themselves. "...sensual, having not the Spirit, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh." Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So we are to have a positive attitude toward prayer. Knowing that the fervent prayer, effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man will avail much. But to have a positive attitude toward prayer because in Psalms 50 verse 14 it says... Call upon me in the day of trouble. When the day of trouble comes. Call upon me he says. In, in Psalm 145 18, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth. Verse 19. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry. And will save them. In Psalm 55. 16. As for me. I will call upon God. And the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning. And at noon. Will I pray and cry aloud. And he shall hear my voice. And so we. uh, There's a parable. Luke 18. Where Jesus gave this parable and uh, to this uh, reason, to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. To keep it going, to keep in contact, to keep that uh, line open, not let the battery go down, but to have access at all times to the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says to pray without ceasing. Don't quit, don't give up on it. Hebrews 4:16. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all, in all points tempted, as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So with this attitude... As Jesus had, not mine, but thy will be done. As Jesus prayed, when he faced his trial, he desired another way. So after we've made our desires, our wants before the Lord, we put it into the hands of God. Not our will be done, but his. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. You have a, 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 a something. Let it be known. Unto God. Don't worry over things, but but pray about it. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. Or even. His presence and telling you to have patience. So sometimes we think, well, how, how, do, how do we go? Uh, is posture important? How do we stand? What do we kneel? Is there a time and place? In Nehemiah 9.5, we see where he stood and prayed. In Ezra 9.5, we see where he kneeled in prayer. In 1 Chronicles 17, 16 through 27, it describes sitting while praying. Exodus thirty four eight it describes bowing. In First Timothy two eight, it describes hands lifted. So we could pray from deep in a well. Or in, in a whale, in, in some tight situation, whatever it is, pray. So the time and place can be anywhere, early in the morning, on a mountain, in a closet, in secret, or before others. Just don't give up on prayer or uh, righteousness, even though answers may seem uh, like it's not coming. <clears throat> be fervent in prayer. Pray for one another, even as you would for yourself. To Pray strongly, fervently, burning, and passion for others who may be in in dire uh, straits. Pray for one another. Cast your care upon the Lord. He cares for you. Jesus gave his life for us that we might live to see him as he is someday. And to know that we are in His hand. John fifteen sixteen. Let's just go there. It says, "You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in My name, He may give it you." So it says, you know, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. You remember how Jesus told his disciples to be fishers of men and that through the New Testament these words of Jesus that he has chosen us to go and bring forth much fruit. So the goodness of Almighty God leads to repentance and, and to Jesus Christ. It says also that though there are many afflictions of the righteous the Lord will not forsake his children. We're not perfect. We often have sins that we see. And sins that we do not see. There is none righteous. There is none perfect. All have sin. I read of a, a preacher who was walking one day. And he saw this group of boys. And they were had surrounded this uh this dog and uh, he wondered if they, they were hurting that dog it was a little group of 10, 12 year old uh, boys. and uh, he said, "What are you doing? Who, whose dog is that?" And one of the boys said, "Well it's just an old neighborhood stray. We all want to take it home. But we all can't all have it. So we made a deal that whoever tells the biggest lie can take it home. And the preacher said, you, you shouldn't be making a game out of telling lies. Don't you know it's a sin to lie? And so he gave them a little sermon about it for about 10 minutes or so. And he said to them, when I was young... At your age, I never told a lie in my life. And one of the smaller boys said, Well, I guess we can let the preacher have the dog. <laughs> but John fifteen seventeen, we know that the word of God lives in, in us. He studied enough scriptures and verses come back to you in, in certain situations. So John 15.7 tells us. If you abide in me. And my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will. And it shall be done. Unto you. That's a good promise. Finally in James 5.16. Just to conclude. Again. Confess your faults. One to another. And pray for one another that you may be healed and that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or righteous person avails much.